She was very nervous before I did it, going, oh, seriously, Mum, are you going to get your boobs out for everyone? Are my <laughs> friends going to have your boobs up on their wall? And I'm like, yeah, hopefully they will. <laughs> yeah, if it reminds them to check their boobs every month, yes, they will. But by the end of the day when she'd seen it and we had the national launch on the weekend and I sent her a picture straight away and she's just like, Mum, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it, it Which, is incredible. That makes the world of difference to me. Having her say, yeah, mum, so proud. This is Reignited, where together we will meet interesting people who have a curious message for the world. They'll tell us about their experiences so that we can all reignite our lives. Hi, everyone. We're here at the pod booth tonight, and I'm very, very excited to be interviewing Amy, who has had an extraordinary life experience and now has a message for the world. So she's a mum, an aquatics instructor and the outdoorsy type. So we'll get into her uh, story a little bit later, but I want to welcome Amy. Thank you for coming and joining us. Thanks for having me. So before we get started into why you have a So Brave t-shirt on, um, for those of you who are listening, Amy's wearing a t-shirt that says So Brave. I've given you some cards to um, have a look through, some symbols of how you want to introduce yourself. So um, what did you choose and why? I've got a raindrop or it could be a tear. Um, Symbolises water, which to me is my earthing point. Um, Lots of tears have been shed, but, yeah, water water is my life. Um, Being in, being around water, um, probably my happy spot. So as much as that might look like sadness, it's probably actually more happy. Yeah, so that it can have a mm. double meaning. Absolutely. But water being your place. Water being my place. Yeah. yeah. What else did you choose? Rainbows. Rainbows remind me of my pop. So, yeah, we'll probably go into that more a little bit in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, rainbows, hope, happiness, sunshine. Um, without rain, you don't have rainbows. So go hand in hand, kind of. Yeah, so that real juxtaposition of yeah. life and how yeah. um, one can't be there without the other. Exactly it. Um, and the last one, a pair of rings, um, just symbolises relationships, um, how experiences can break them and it can also strengthen them. So I was lucky in my case it's strengthened. Um, but not just between husband and wife, between family members, between friends. Um, yeah, relationships, yeah, they're so important. Th- so that connection Mm. Um, and not only mm. to your partner, yeah, but those around you as yeah, well. Absolutely. So let's talk about that experience and go back to why we're here and how you've become a so brave ambassador. All right. So, um, so what sort of happened in uh, 2015? 2015, we'd been on holidays at Robe, favourite spot, family spot, chilling. Got home, unpacking, and getting changed that night, ready for bed. Getting undressed, ran my hands over my boobs and thought, oh, feel swollen. And that's all it was. Got David, he's my husband, to check them because he's the expert in my boobs. <laughs> if anyone knows my boobs, it's my husband. So he agreed. Yep, feels a little bit swollen. Really didn't think anything more of it. Um, school holidays, busy with kids. Bit healthy, active. Don't check any of the markers for breast cancer at all. A few days later, David said, what's going on with that boob? How's it going? I said, oh, yeah, it's fine. doesn't hurt. He said, nah, serious. How is it? 
and felt it again. And I could actually feel a lump then. So it wasn't swollen anymore. It was just a lump. I said, yeah, it's fine. There's a lump. doesn't hurt. I probably knocked it on something. He said, nah, you need to ring the GP and get it checked. And he literally stood behind me until I rang the GP and made the appointment. So it's something that you probably wouldn't have done because you're just like, oh, you know, it's just a lump. No, nah, no way. No, certainly wouldn't have. Being mum, being busy, school holidays, things planned with the kids. Um, But then when I go back to work at the start of the term, I still wouldn't have had time. So still wouldn't have gone. Would have been very, very, why would I go? It didn't hurt. It, big deal. Yeah. There's a little lump. So how easily we can dismiss things. Absolutely. No side effects whatsoever other than a little lump, which, yeah, nobody would have ever noticed or felt or anything other than him. So, yeah, he stood over me. I could get into the GP in March and then I said to them, oh, I've actually found a lump in my breast. Oh, we can get you in in two days. I'm like, awesome, that'd be great. Yeah, so that thing of there are certain things that are uh, urgent and people will make allowances for and get you in quicker. You've got to speak up when you're talking to your medical receptionist and say why you're actually coming in and that... Yeah, it could be a bit more urgent than what you were thinking. So I went in and I'm lucky I've got a really good relationship with him. So he's delivered my babies and whenever I go for my biannual checkups, he will do a breast check as well. So from that point of view, very lucky. He checked them and he was, yeah, I'm not sure I'm sending you to Adelaide. Went to Adelaide two days later. That was on Wednesday, the 21st of January. Yeah, so a date that you're never going to forget, hey? Yeah, some dates just stick in your head and mammogram, mum took me down, which was good, but I sent her shopping at Burnside. Why are you coming into the appointment, mum? They're not going to tell me anything. They'll send the results back to my GP. So even when you've been sent, so Amy lives in a regional area in a town called Tail and Bend. So even when you've been sent to the city to go to the hospital, you're still a bit dismissive and like, yeah, there's nothing wrong. wrong. No. I'd told my sister and she's like, yeah, I've got lumpy boobs, big deal. Yeah. Another reason to dismiss it. You don't, you really don't give it another thought. Had the mammogram, ultrasound. She called in the specialist who then did a fine needle biopsy, went back to my my specialist and he said, yeah, I'm not waiting for the results. You've got breast cancer. So just like that? Just like that. No sugar coating, no anything else. So what happened in that moment for you? I think it was probably a bit of shock, a bit of disbelief, a bit of, well, that's inconvenient, to be honest. Okay, it's the last week of school holidays. How am I going to juggle appointments? What am I going to do with the kids? All of those thoughts within 30 seconds. And how old were you at this stage? Because I think this is a really important part. 38. Yeah. 38, not old enough. So not old enough to get the free mammograms. If I was going to get them, I would have had to pay. Not old enough to be requiring them. No family history of any cancer at all, let alone breast cancer. So absolutely no reason why I would be chasing a mammogram. But, yeah, it was extraordinary. Yeah. And and this thing of, um, you know, you feel lump, you dismiss it. And, yeah. and go, David, for really, like, oh. assisting with that. So that's a good example of how partners and family members and things like that can check in with people and just sort of, you know, there's a feeling that something's not right here. Mm. What do we do with that? And as women, we need those people in our lives who are going to push us to go and get something checked because, yeah, we are busy and we are, we put everyone else first. 
And it's not um, being selfish, it's about self-care. So to actually go and get yourself looked after, you need to do it. Yeah, especially amongst the busyness and, as you say, there's so many things going on. Mm. Mm. So you get the word, you've got breast cancer. Yep. What happens then for you? Oh, life stops for a little bit. You kind of hit that pause button, but at the same time, it's spinning faster than it ever has. And it's a whirlwind of appointments. And if the breast care nurse hadn't written things down, you would have no idea what you were doing from one day to the next. So that was the Wednesday. Got diagnosed um, straight over for a breast for a blood test. Tomorrow you're coming back to Adelaide and you're having this, this and this done. Friday you're coming back to Adelaide and you're having a full body scan and this done. And then you're coming back to see me and I'll tell you when surgery is. Yeah. Like, so okay. Just like... Just Life like that. has stopped right yep. in this moment. Yep, just like that. And I'm like, okay, that's all well and good. That's fine. But I can't have surgery until I think it was the 7th of February or something because that was Monday of week two. Yeah. I said I need to have week one so I can get back into work. I can settle my kids back in. Then I can deal with this. Yeah. And and, and how, how, did, how was that received? Was it sort of like, oh. My <laughs> surgeon was, we'll see what we can do. It depends on your blood test and where your hormone levels are. But it did actually work out the way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you're still needing to have oh. life happen at the same time because it doesn't. It doesn't life stop. Doesn't stop. It just, does not stop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very much life goes on. Yeah. And as a mum, your kids are your priority. So to keep that normality for them, and yep, I'll drop you off at school, and yep, I'll pick you up at school, and it gave me that chance to talk to the teachers as well and communicate with them what was going on, and yep. Kids might be a bit haywire for a little while, but yeah, yeah this is where we're at. Because there's a major thing happening in our mm, lives. Massive. Yeah. And you don't know how the kids are going to react to it either. Yeah. So how did that play out for you? Because I know we've talked before Ooh. about the fact that you sort of had to think about how you're going to let the kids know. Because how old were they then? Jess was 11 and James was nine. Yeah. So they're, they're young still. Yeah, young. Mm. Jess was going into year six. So transitioning from the junior school she'd been in to middle school, which is a big step, a bit like going from year seven to year eight, change of school, change of campus. James was going into year four. But, yeah, it took us a couple of days before we told them, um, trying to work out how do we word this. I can't remember the words we use now. But, yeah, it was it was really challenging. I think the hardest time was ringing David because he wasn't at the appointment and he was the first one and you could hear it in his voice and that was horrible. I'd never want to make that call again. And then telling Jess in particular, her first comment to me was, does that mean I'm going to get it too? Which just shatters you yeah. as a mum. Yeah. Yeah, so that broke my heart a little bit. Yeah, so it's you're not only having to face this yourself but telling other people because what's people's immediate thought when... Uh-huh. It's the look on their face. It's that look of pity and that, oh, oh, you've got cancer. Really? Oh. And you don't know where to go from that. Yeah. It's those awkward conversations oh. that are like, oh. And it's not like you can pick up the phone and ring somebody. Hi, how are you going? Yeah, I'm really good. Oh, by the way, just found out. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not a good bombshell to drop. No. And uh, I know from my work, you know, I've worked a lot in the mm. cancer sector um, with young people and um, their parents <laughs> yeah. who are yep. experiencing cancer. And I know that there's there's so much of a shift in lifestyle and things that need to happen because uh, particularly at that age, you've still got young kids. 
you've got a life that's happening, a partner, yeah. you know, yeah. life is happening. And so how did that all play out for you? Like what was treatment like? You know, oh. Obviously you're not actually living in the city, so you've got no. travel. Yeah, travel was hard. That was one of the big obstacles for us. Um, surgery, that was easy. That was a walk in park. That was two days in hospital, big deal, back home. Um, I was more annoyed at the surgeon saying, yep, you've got to have at least three weeks off. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not happening. Thank you. I think I went back to him after a week and said, can't I go to work? I just won't get that part wet. Yeah. He's like, oh. Yeah, because then you're, you're an aquatics instructor. Yeah, yeah. So what was work, you know, why did you want to go back to work and what did you? why did you need to do that? Because I can't sit around at home. The kids were going to school every day. I just can't, can't sit at home and think about it. And that was probably the reality. If I was sitting at home, all my friends were at work, all my family were at work, my kids were at school, I had too much time to think. And so feeling completely isolated yep. as well. Yeah. 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 And thinking's not always the best place to be. Yeah. We can overthink sometimes, can't yeah. we? In your own head can be a scary spot. Yeah. So how did that sort of play out with working and having treatment and did work. he let you go back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Work was amazing. So once I had surgery, it was six weeks after surgery, I started chemo. That was every Friday, every third Friday for six weeks, six rounds. I had to go down to the Royal Adelaide um, and work were more than happy for me to have that one off. Once I'd finished that lot of chemo, then I went to every Friday for 12 weeks. And yep, they were still really, really good. And then term three came around, as you can tell, work in the education department. Yeah. Term three came around and I knew I had to start radiation therapy towards the end of the term and that was going to be every day for 20 days. And I just said to the boss, look, I'm going to use my income protection. I'm going to take the term off, use my leave. Um, I don't think I can juggle working and getting down to the Royal Adelaide every day. And he was, yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. He was really supportive. So I was very lucky and I was very lucky the way my body tolerated the chemo and everything. So I'd have treatment on a Friday. Saturday would be a write-off of a day. But by Monday, the fog was starting to lift again. By Tuesday lunchtime, it's like, okay, yep, I'm back. Yep. So knowing that what days you're going to be wiped out and the days yep. that you're going to be okay. Yep. And you also have a very physical job. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, you're out doing stand-up paddleboarding and kayaking and all this sort of stuff. So how did your body tolerate that you know you having treatment at the same time as doing that I didn't have too many problems with that I think I was lucky that I'm stubborn yeah you know that can work in your favor sometimes yeah it can and I was determined that this wasn't going to stop me being active and physical and from everything I'd read I knew that being active was an important part of your recovery and would help with your treatment so even on the days when I was feeling pretty crummy we ended up getting a dog about two months into my chemo, so he became my walking buddy. So every day I'd go for a walk. Yeah, so that sense of purpose and having something to do. Yep, needed yeah. it. Yeah, rather than sitting around. Um, and I'm an outdoors kind of person. That was my solitude. It was probably my thinking time to go for a walk with the dog. Um, I'm very, very silly. I worked out when my treatment would finish. So after radiation I also had to have 12 months of Herceptin. Mm-hmm. which is every third Friday or every third Thursday that one was um, for 12 months. So is that an injection or is that a... Yeah, infusion. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I could have some of that at Murray Bridge, which was really good, but I still had to come down to Adelaide for some of them because 
it's that trade-off with drugs. You've got to have this because it's going to stop that, but it's going to mess with your heart. So you've got to come down and have heart checks and heart scans and everything else. Like, yeah, great. Trade one problem off for another. Yeah, and that thing too of also once treatment's done, it's not over. Oh. You know, there's there's a long journey ahead, and I know you don't like the word journey no. um, either. No, I don't like the word journey. But that's okay. Everyone refers to it as a journey, <laughs> and it, it should sound lovely and I don't know. It's just, yep, if I want to go on a journey, I'm going to book a cruise and go somewhere exotic. Yeah, so what would you say instead? The experience. Yeah. That was my experience with cancer. And my experience is completely different to the next person's. Um, and that that's something I've really learnt, talking to other women in the same situation, how different. Like, yep, you've got breast cancer. Oh, so have I. Oh, tell me about yours. Oh, wow, that's completely different to what I experienced. Yeah. Um. And yeah. you're, you're entering into a world of, you know, having to know so much about your body and medical yeah. terms and yeah. everything that's sort of happening. It's, it's like another language. Yeah, all these things that you should not know. Yeah. And nobody should have to know it. Yeah, exactly. And going to the Royal Adelaide and seeing that chemo ward, seeing those chairs, they're like hot seats. Mm. Okay, one in, quick, disinfect. Okay, next one, let's go. Yeah, it was crazy. happening. Yeah. yeah. What will you take from that experience? Um. Oh, good question. I don't really, oh, too much and not enough at the same time. Like the experience of being in there and seeing other people. Um, I know one day I've rocked up there for my chemo and there were three other people from my community, Murray Bridge or Taylor and Ben there, who were all substantially younger than me. Mm. And not for breast cancer, what, a couple of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I'm not sure exactly what the other one was. Um, but I'm just looking at going... It's wrong how many young people are in there. It's wrong for old people too, don't get me wrong. But it was the young people in there that really floored me. Um, yeah, the the care of the nurses is just astounding. The nurses are my heroes. Um, they're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful souls. Yeah, what, what sort of made the difference for you in what the nurses did? Uh, their knowledge, their understanding, their empathy and compassion. Um, they knew when you were having a bad day. And they would just sit there if they needed to. And the lavender ladies were beautiful. <laughs> they always bring you your food and, yeah, always there for a chat. But, yeah, just the care and the empathy. Um, one of my last treatments got messed up in a pretty big way and I was a bit of an emotional wreck because of it. But, yeah, the ladies at the Royal Adelaide, the nurses there were just, they got it. Mm. They knew why it was such a big milestone to get that last one done and dusted. And nope, it has to be today. It's not going to be tomorrow. I'm not waiting 24 hours. Yeah. And yeah, I'll just come back next week. No, it's not happening next. It's today. Yeah. So there's there's certain things when you've got major yeah medical things going on yeah. that are really important to you and the milestone of finishing treatment oh. is huge. From probably halfway through my Herceptin, I had planned on doing an 80K walk. And it happened to be that this 80K walk was scheduled to start the day after my last Herceptin. Of course it was. <laughs> <laughs> That's just something I would do. That was my carrot dangling in front of me to get through it all. Yeah. Um, I got to that Thursday to have my Herceptin and they'd forgotten to order it. And oh, the emotions, the anger, the frustration, everything just came bubbling up and I was just beside myself. Yeah. Um, they rang the Royal Adelaide and said, we need to get it up here now. And I said, no, leave it down there. I am driving to Adelaide. I'm having it there. Yeah. Um, 
And it worked out in the end. Had to juggle the day around. And I still did the 80K walk. Well, <laughs> but no, it was good. It was cathartic. I Look, needed to do it. Yeah, and what I'm what I'm hearing though is because so many people, I'm assuming, and from my experience of working mm-hmm. with families, I know lots of people are like, oh, why are you doing that? You know, you shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be doing all these things because of treatment. But it sounds like to me, you needed that sense of purpose and meaning and Absolutely. something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. You have to be smart about it. You've got to listen to your body. Um, I was really fortunate with all my treatment that I didn't have bad reactions, I didn't have the low blood counts and I didn't have to get hospitalised. But at the same time, you would read your body's signals and go, okay, yep, I'm feeling a bit flat. I'm not going to go where there's crowds. I'm not going to go where I might pick up an extra bug or something. It's really hard. Some people aren't that lucky and they do react horribly Mm. and their immune system does get absolutely slammed. But no, I was just very fortunate. Yeah, and being able to listen to what you need mm. and what your body needs mm. at certain times. Mm. So let's touch base on the oh, walk. All right. 80 kilometres. Yeah, that was silly. So that was for the Jodie Lee Foundation. That was um, their message is bowel cancer. Bowel cancer, yep. yeah. Which, but their underlying message that really resonated with me was to listen to your body and if it's not your normal, get it checked. Yeah. Which carries through to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Very, very nicely. Yeah. So, and that's probably been my thing the whole time. So listen to your body. And if it's not your normal and to know your normal, to go and get it checked. Yeah, because we can, as you say, dismiss things so easily. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so let's get into the So Brave stuff. Um, we saw each other at a fundraiser um, for a calendar that was being launched yes. um, a little while ago. It was March last year. Yeah, and it was for this year's. Um, South Australian representative yep. Michelle. Yep. Um, we were there and we said hello to each other because Amy and I actually went to school together. And what I remember of that night was that every time you looked at me, there was a lot of emotion. Yes. And I wasn't allowed to ask you how you were. No. Um, and being a therapist, I respected that <laughs> and was very curious about what was happening at oh, the time. I'll, I'll fill you in on that one later because yeah. that that's a completely different issue. Yeah. That was. Um, Issues at work going on then, mm. which was really affecting my mental health yeah. at the time. And I knew, knowing you, yeah, I would have been a blubbering mess. <laughs> I can talk about it quite well now. Yeah. Um, put it behind me very well. But I was actually meant to be in the 2019 calendar with Michelle. Yes. Um, and I pulled out at the last minute because, yeah, just mentally there was no way known I could have given it the time um, that it deserves. Yeah. And so it was making that call for yourself as well. Oh, absolutely. But also from my point of view, you know, we're at a social fundraising (laughs) function. (laughs) And there's Amy, a blubbering mess. But it's also respecting the fact that, you know, you didn't want to talk about it then or what was happening. No. And I remember just sitting with you just going, okay, we'll we'll just see what happens. Because, you know, here we have, we've got all talks about lots of people with breast cancer. We're launching a calendar. There's been this amazing experience with Michelle's had. But also that feeling that you're going to be next, but when's the right time? Yeah, yep. yeah, all of that happening. Um, and looking at Michelle's going, that's just amazing art. Mm. And I could be up there too. Yeah. But knowing that I couldn't give it the time and attention that it, that it warrants and yeah. that it needs and deserves. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about this. So So Brave is a calendar that's made um, and it features young women. Mm-hmm who have had a breast cancer experience. Yes. And so do you want to show us the sneak peek at the tw- Amy's in the 2020 
um, edition. She's Miss November. <laughs> um, so we'll just hold it up. So what I can see is this incredible spirit of this. Um, Amy is in the River Murray mm-hmm. um, and she's body painted and it looks like she's actually got bathers on, but it's all body paint. Yep. Um, and she's flinging her hands in the air and the water is arching around her. Yeah, the um, photographer's she, like, oh, my God, it's making a heart. Yeah, yeah. There's this amazing sense of being held there that um, what I see. So when did this happen, like okay. earlier this year? Yep. So let's talk through the experience. Okay. Um, so So Brave is Australia's young women's breast cancer charity. It's quite a new charity. This is their fourth calendar that we've done. Um, and, yeah, promoting breast awareness, so educating is a big thing that we're doing. Um, empowering women who have been through breast cancer. All of us have been diagnosed before the age of 40. There's some of them are quite young, which is horrible. And, of course, raising money is our other big thing. And so, the money goes towards research, yep, is that right? Yep, correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'll yeah, I'll get back to that one in a bit because, yeah. oh, some of the information I've just found out is just mind-blowing. Yeah. It's very exciting. But I was painted back in March and the paint day started about 7 a.m., I think that's when Davinia, my painter, rocked up at my door knocking on there going, I'm ready. I'm like, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, I don't know if I am, but okay. Um, finished painting about three, but then we waited for sunset for the photos, as you can see. Wow, so it's a whole day of being painted. It is a massive big day. And how did you, like, did you have creative licence? Nope. So how did... Nothing. How did she know what to paint? Like, was there parts of you in that or... <sighs> The locations, like how does this all work? How do you? So we had a couple of emails between Davinia and myself before paint day of, okay, tell me what your hobbies are. Tell me what your interests are. And, of course, I'd put, yep, outdoors, water, river, anywhere, water. Don't really care too much. That's my happy place. Um, But, yeah, I didn't see anything. And they do a reveal about 3, 4 o'clock in the day after she's finished painting. Then they hold the mirror up in front of me and go, that is so cool. So what did you see when you looked in the mirror? Oh, it was unbelievable. Just everything falls away. Yeah, it was mind-blowing. It was just a beautiful piece of art. You really don't see any of your scars, any of your imperfections. It's just this art and, yeah, so much talent. And it's literally painted on your body. Yes, literally painted on my body. And what does that do for you and your sense of self? Like in that moment when you see it, what's happening for you? Oh, your mind's blown. It really is. You're looking at this reflection going, is it really me? Where am I? Yep, okay, my eyes, my smile. Um, I was really blessed. I had Jess' daughter who's now, who was 15 at the time, um, there with me. She's been through all of it with me. And she was one of my helpers for the day. So she was very nervous before I did it, going, oh, seriously, mum, are you going to get your boobs out for everyone? Are my <laughs> friends going to have your boobs up on their wall? And I'm like, yeah, hopefully they will. <laughs> yeah, if it reminds them to check their boobs every month, yes, they will. But by the end of the day when she'd seen it and we had the national launch on the weekend and I sent her a picture straight away and she's just like, mum, I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it, it is incredible. That makes the world a difference to me, having her say, yep, mum, so proud. Um, This money that we're selling them for and raising money for research, it's for my daughter. It's for my son. 
It's for my friends' kids that hopefully by the time they're that age, they can literally pee in a cup and have cancer detected. Yeah, because that's what they're researching at the moment. Yeah, yep. And at the launch, we had one of the professors, um, Matt Trow, I hope that's how I say his name, was talking and he was explaining exactly where they're at with getting pure DNA and being able to test it with nanoparticles and mix it with this and that. And it could be a five-minute test. And it's so close to happening and so exciting that rather than having to go for mammograms and ultrasounds and biopsies, we can pee in a cup. Yeah, these smart people who are just Mm. working Mm. very hard to to make a different place and a different world. And it's not just breast cancer. This one will test breast cancer, prostate, I think it was lymphoma as well. And there was another one. It was at least four cancers in one test. Yeah. That's exciting. How cool. Yeah. Yeah, It is amazing. So let's go back to when you actually did the photo shoot. So you had a few different locations. Yep. What was the sense of going out in public? You know, you literally only have underwear on. Yeah. um, And body paint. Yep. Bit out of your comfort zone. (laughs) Just a little bit. Um, It was liberating, really. Um, You knew you were there for a reason. And you knew you were there to raise awareness of breast cancer in young women and to get that word out there that, yeah, we've got to check our bodies. And if it's not normal, go and get it looked at. Don't put it off. Don't say, yep, too busy. Um, A lot of young women too get fobbed off, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you're not old enough for it to be that. You don't need a mammogram. It's definitely not that. Whereas we should be getting referred for them a lot earlier. Yeah. So what was liberating about? Having the photos taken. How often do you get to have photos like that taken? And to be outside and in my element, though, um, some of the other girls are so much braver than me. Going to Federation Square or down on public jetties. I was lucky I was on a private private property. Yeah. And they had been down there earlier in the day and I said, no, nah, James, you need to go and tell them to leave. They're not allowed down there for the next two hours. And they're like, yep, okay, no worries. So even though it was just... You and the crew, mm-hmm. um, your support crew. You talked about it being liberating. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So just absolutely. That, and isn't it amazing how the symbolism of having your body painted yep. and what was on there, but you're also in your element, like in your sanctuary. Yep. Yep. Um, in my happy well. place, in my safe place. Yeah. Um, that's incredible, and this most incredible artwork has has come from that. Oh, absolutely. So. Obviously, there's 12 amazing experiences that have happened for the 2020 calendar. Mm-hmm. So is it available now? Yes, yeah. it is. How do we get them? Go to sobrave.com.au and there will be a link to the calendars on there. Yeah, cool. So go to the buy now, I think it is. Nice. And if you want me on the front cover, click on Amy. Oh, there's a vote. Uh, no, not a vote. No. But there's some that have been pre-printed with me on the front cover, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah. You can be like a cover girl I can be a cover girl. I can be Miss November and a cover girl. Yeah. And something that struck me when you were just talking before about the calendar of, Mm -hmm. you know, as you turn over each month. Now, I know that you, on the first of every month, have a very, very important message. Yes. I put a, on the first of the month, I put it on my Facebook. So brave. Do it on the fifth of the month because they say, use your five fingers. Oh, wow. And feel it on the fifth. Yeah. So that's their reminder and that is on the fifth of every month in the calendar, there's a reminder on there. Um, I know a lot of my friends and family got very used to the first. Yeah. So I keep doing that one. Yeah. That's that's my little thing. But, yeah, So Brave is feel it on the fifth. Yeah. Okay. And 
for those people who haven't checked their breasts and do what they need to do, do it. what what are the key tips that So Brave talk about? Righto. So by the calendar, there's a self-check how to do it in there. Yeah. Um, but get to know them, whether it's in bed, in the shower, use your whole hand, um, good with a bit of moisturiser or something so you can slide your hand over the tissue easier, but from the collarbone all the way to the armpit, down the side and under your breast as well. Yeah. And your key message is know them so then you can know when there's a difference. Correct. Yeah. And check them at different times of the month because they do change. They're not always the same depending on where you are at your cycle. Yeah. Those wonderful things. But oh, it is about knowing the body. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's about knowing your normal. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's a big one for me, knowing your normal. Yeah, definitely. Um. So also in the picture, you have a word on your hand. I do. Do you want to talk about that? So the word I chose was belief. And the reason for that is because I think you have to have belief in yourself that you can get through something like breast cancer. You need to have belief in the people around you, whether it's family or your medical team. My medical team were awesome. They know so much more than me. And you really have to put your belief in them that they're doing the right thing for your situation particularly when you're talking to other people going through it and they're on a different regime. It's like, oh, why? What's going on there? Why are they on that? And you talk to your team and they're like, oh, okay, no worries, fair enough. Um, So it's belief in not only yourself but the people around you, that they're there doing the right thing that's going to support you. Belief in your family, that they're going to stick by you and pull you through and belief in your friends. So, yeah. Yeah. Belief was my word. Yeah, because that takes you a long way to... Mm health yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. so how is how are you now I know everyone's going to ask that yeah no I'm great yeah I'm great so January it will be five years which is kind of um a nice little having the calendar come out five years post diagnosis is probably a nice little circle so from one step to the next and yeah finish it off quite well yeah so when you chose the symbols to um, describe mm-hmm. yourself, you chose the rainbow and you talked about yep. your grandfather. Um, would you like to expand on why? I can. Well done remembering that. Um, every time, every chemo session that I had, on the way home through the hills we would see a rainbow without doubt. Um, I don't recall there being one chemo session or one hospital appointment in Adelaide that we didn't see a rainbow on the way home. And my pop passed away in 2000 and it was always – I. And I only spoke to my nana last week about it. And I said, what is the symbolism with pop and rainbows? And she said, oh, I don't know. But I've just told your dad that when I die, she's 97, I want a rainbow at my funeral. Yeah. <laughs> so it's obviously some connection there between pop and nana and rainbows. But every time I'm on my home, I saw a rainbow. And I would always think that, yep, it's okay. Pop's up there. He's looking after me. Yeah. It so, will be fine. So there's something about that symbolism mm. that the rainbow bought for you and yeah. comfort. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yep, Pop's in heaven, but he's still keeping an eye out for us. Yeah. Which, yeah, he was important to me. Yeah. You can probably tell that one. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it is that thing of, you know, sometimes there's symbolism and mm. and that, that really helps us mm. yeah. um, through things or helps us describe or make sense of or whatever it is. Exactly. It, it's, yeah, completely random and everyone else probably saw the same rainbows and didn't give them another thought. And they might have been there every day. But it just happened to be when I was looking for them, I could find them. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. It is nice. Yep. So our three things this year have been to educate, empower and research. 
So educating women and trying to get into schools and talk to young women about the importance of self-checking and getting into the routine of it. Because I don't know about you, but it was never a thing when we were growing up, but they're just there. Yeah. And yeah, it was never, we were never really taught to be checking our boobs at all. Um, So hopefully we can change that and get young women used to checking their boobs and not being ashamed of it. And yep, they're my boobs and I've got to know them. Yeah. And it just being what we do. Yeah. And part and parcel of it. Not being embarrassed about it. Just like this is just keeping myself healthy. Yeah. Even in the shower is a great time to do it. You're already wet. You're soaped up. Yeah. Have a quick feel. Ready to go. Yeah. Or like, you know, partners and all that Ooh, can yeah. know the difference Here as you well, go, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily, but works the other way around too. Yeah. Because men can get breast cancer too. Yeah. And we do forget that sometimes it's um, quite female orientated, but girls know your guys' boobs too. Yeah. Yeah. And and your body as, yeah. a, as a whole yeah. and knowing when things aren't. Aren't your normal. Aren't your normal. Mm. Yeah. So is that your message or... Yeah, I think so. Know your normal. And if it's not your normal, get it checked. Get to the doctor, get to your GP, try and develop that good relationship with your GP too. I think that was one of my key things was that I did have that relationship with him. Um, I've been seeing the same GP since I was 21. Yeah. So he knows what my normal is too. Yeah. Um, It's that backup person, which is good. Yeah. So... What do you think, and, you know, maybe you haven't really reflected on this, but I'm sure you've had many times thinking, what has this experience given you? A lot of confidence. For me to be able to sit here and talk to you like this now, like I was saying earlier, I had to get up at the Brisbane launch and talk in front of 180 people. I was like, yeah, okay, cool, no dramas. So there's some confidence from being body painted oh. and standing in the river and being photo- yeah. photographed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the self-confidence, self-awareness. Getting out there, getting out of your comfort zone and not being afraid to do it and going, do you know what? This is a once-off opportunity. I might not get to do another podcast. Mm. So this is cool. Yeah. Um, I'll never, I'm 100% sure I will <laughs> never get to get body painted again. So it's like, oh, no, let's do it. Yeah. Unless Emma Hack's in the house. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> oh, I'll go back to Davinia any day. She yeah, was yeah. amazing. But it's taking those opportunities that life throws at you and grabbing them and going, cool. Let's give it a go. It may not work, but it could be the best thing you've ever done. You, yeah. Grab life. Go with it. Um, to have something, and this probably really hit home when I was looking for photos of myself, and I really don't have that many. So to be able to leave a really, really, really cool photo like that, that my grandkids will see, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It is. To be able to go, yep, this was your grandma. Yeah. Like, sorry. Sorry, grandkids. Sorry, daughter. Sorry, son. Bad luck. Yeah. Deal with it. (laughs) But also, you know, for everyone to take a look at the photo, we'll put it in the show notes as well as um, put a link. um, So it's sobrave.com.au. Yep. Yeah. For people to order their own version and have you on the cover as well. Absolutely. (laughs) As well. So what's your final message for everyone? Oh, just what I've been saying. Yeah. Get to know your body. Um, Check your boobs once a month. Do it. It doesn't take long. Get to know what your normal is. And if it's not normal, get it checked. Yeah. And the thing right. that I heard you, that you've taken from this experience is giving life a go. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Getting out of your comfort zone and just doing it. Yeah. Like one of the highlights of the launch was actually meeting these other women and sitting down and having a chat. 
and going, oh, oh, that happened to you? Oh, nasal hair is really important. <laughs> we actually need nasal hair. Who knew? Yeah. So, Until you don't have any. Yeah, yeah, then exactly. You go, okay. Yeah, we do need that. Yeah. Experiences, hey? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shared experience. It goes a long way. Yeah. Um, living in a country town, you don't get to meet many other women who have gone through it. So to be able to be part of the So Brave group is pretty special. And helping at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your experiences because I Pleasure. know, um, you know, it can be hard to talk about the personal aspects, yeah. but it yep. feels like you have a really important message on so many levels. So mm. thank you for sharing oh, that Thank with you us. for having me in, Bill. No worries. For show notes and more information about my guests and to get in touch with me, visit igniteartherapies.com.au.